This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. You guys already know how obsessed I am with therapy. I talk about it all the time on this podcast about how I have two therapists and how I go to therapy every single week. Well, I've been going to therapy for years, but once 2020 hit, the year of chaos for all of us, I really needed extra support and BetterHelp has really been there to guide me through these chaotic times. Uh, I've been dealing with anxiety, depression, and I also have been in this recovery space for disordered eating and just a host of other issues. So BetterHelp will assess your needs and, uh, and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours, so all you have to do is you take a a quick online quiz, you answer some questions about what you're going through, what kind of therapist you're looking for, and you can literally write in the answers, I am looking for this kind of therapist, I am looking for an expert in this field. That's what I did, and they matched me with a therapist who has tons of experience with eating disorders, trauma, and depression. And to be honest, I love my therapist so much. She's probably my favorite therapist I've ever had. And I've been through like a variety of therapists over the years. Me and her really hit it off. And even if you don't hit it off with your therapist right away, because let's be real, finding a therapist can honestly feel like you're dating. Don't worry, you can always change therapists as many times as you need. No questions asked, no charge or anything like that. So you can always change your therapist and then get matched with a new one that day. So BetterHelp uh, is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is literally professional counseling done securely online. And what I love about BetterHelp is that they have a journal feature. So if you're going through something challenging through the week and you don't have an appointment until, let's say, next week, you can write a journal entry. It's all online. It's secure. And if you'd like, you can share that journal entry with your therapist so that they are on the same page. They're caught up. They know exactly what you're going through. They know whatever triggers you've been dealing with over the week. And what's awesome about BetterHelp, too, is that your therapist will respond. So you can actually communicate with your therapist in between your your sessions. So it's not like you only get, get to talk to your therapist once a week. You can check in with them frequently in between your sessions. You can catch them up to date. You can kind of communicate with them every day if you wanted to and the online journal feature is really nice for folks who are new to journaling or just need that extra support so communicating with your therapist more frequently could really benefit you if you're going through a rough time. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available if you are struggling right now. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. You can visit betterhelp.com slash vibe. That's better com slash vibe. And you can join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. You deserve the support. 
you deserve the healing and you are not alone there are so many people who are struggling with severe anxiety depression trauma all of these things and you don't need to suffer in silence anymore so visit betterhelp.com vibe for a discount on your first month of online therapy that's betterhelp h-e-l-p dot com slash vibe and that discount code will get you 10% off of your first month of online counseling at betterhelp.com slash vibe say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill Welcome to the Vibe Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gab Cohen. Each week, we will connect through stories and conversations about wellness, yoga, addictions, spirituality, mental health, rituals, and everything in between. The goal is to transform our traumas into strengths to create the change we desire in our lives. My mission is to help others by shining awareness on real-life topics so we can learn new ways to heal physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Whatever you are going through in this moment, you are not alone, so let's connect and heal our vibe within. Hey guys. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Gab Cohen, and as you might have realized, I've been taking a little bit of deeper, longer breaks in between each episode, and I feel like it's because the episodes that are coming in this next wave of the podcast are very powerful, and I want to put out the best interviews and the best podcasts and the best topics that I possibly can. So I'd like to incorporate just more breathe time in between each episode. So today's episode is with Alyssa from Nomad Astrology. I think you're really going to enjoy the episode today. Um, It couldn't have come at a better time. Uh, We did this interview maybe a month ago, but I re-listened to it as I was editing the podcast and it's just so, it's so layered and it's so deep and she knows so much about astrology and the way that she articulates everything is super easy to digest and understand and um, she, she dives deep into our our love lines where she does this thing called um geographic kind of astrology so uh she explains how to pull up your geographic astrology chart and you can always do this on her website as well 
and it tells you what areas of the earth you have energetic lines running through. And then we veer into a lot of understanding what the signs are, the houses, the energetics of the houses in different signs. She talks a lot about the North Node and South Node, which is something I've really, really been uh, diving deep into and understanding what the North Node and the South Node means because it holds a lot of uh, information of why we are the way we are. It's it's so it's so on point. And when you can figure out what your North Node and your South Node is, you'll tend to realize facing some of the issues in your life and why you you are holding feelings and emotions and energetics towards certain areas of your life like career or love life or you know what obstacles are coming into your life uh, at certain times and what what kind of energies and emotions you're you're fighting with because the north node and the south node are on complete opposite sides of the spectrum so we talk about relationships we talk about understanding ourselves in a completely you know deeper way through you know these puzzle pieces of of our soul of our core being uh she talks about chiron the the wounded healer energy which is really interesting and i think a lot of you guys are going to resonate with that so i really think you're going to enjoy this episode Before I get into the episode, I wanted to just update you guys with a little bit of the energetics that I've been um, working through and a lot of you guys uh, have been working through as well because I, I see you guys on Instagram and I see your DMs and I've been posting a lot of journal prompts and, you know, experiential writing prompts to unlock different layers of our awareness and, you know, with the seasons changing, we can feel these waves of depression, of nostalgia, and if that resonates with you, then I recommend you listening to the episode from last year, I forget when, but it's called Depression and Nostalgia, and I've been posting a lot about this on my Instagram because this is just how I've been feeling recently, is how we can look back at our lives you know, a year ago or months ago or whenever and look back at a time where we were really struggling with our mental health, with toxic cycles or toxic behaviors. And we can look back at those times and actually like feel nostalgia about it and like wish we were back there for some odd reason. Our psyche tends to attach itself to the moments of suffering, even though in those moments we 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 were really struggling you know but there's there's this weird um familiarity and comfort that comes with moments of distress and chaos because when we're in those phases of our lives we turn on our our signal to reach out to the universe to ask for help to connect to our spirit guides to to pray more or to journal more um, when we're in a a tough time or a season of our lives that we're really just suffering it turns up the volume of our of our you know mission to to heal and to fix things and to connect to a higher power. So 
it's a very energetically charged time when we're in a rock bottom. It's survival mode. It's fight or flight. And even though fight or flight, um, living in fight or flight is not necessarily the best thing that we could do for ourselves, there is something magical and there's something there when we are in a transition phase, a rock bottom, you know, we're jumping off a cliff or we are trying to bring in some kind of new opportunity or we're ready for change. There's something magical about that, that period of our lives and it cracks us open to um, really trying to look into our resources and it's, it's like the survival mode energy. So that's kind of what I've been in recently because I've been feeling these waves of anxiety and panic and depression and I have to keep reminding myself that the waves of depression and anxiety are actually attached to past experiences that are resurfacing right now. So um, if you have PTSD or you just have you have experiences in your life that that can be triggered, especially during the season change right now. Um, If you get hit with memories or flashbacks, this can signal to your body, oh my God, I'm experiencing suffering. I'm, I'm experiencing panic, anxiety. Everything is fucked up. Oh my God. And then that, that slight feeling in the body or that sensation in the somatic body will trick our mind into thinking that we're not safe. And what I want to let you know and what's helped me is actually journaling about, okay, actually, I am safe right now. And actually, even though my mind and my body is replaying a stressful situation that happened in my life maybe a year ago or 10 years ago or whatever it is for you, you can remind your body and remind your psyche that you actually are safe in this moment. And what's been helping me is writing out a summary and lists um, very, you know, doesn't have to be perfect, but writing out all the reasons why you're actually safe right now. You know, maybe you have a safer living environment um, and just reminding yourself that you are actually safe in this moment because chances are if you're thinking about some kind of experience or situation that created trauma in your life years ago or months ago um it's the body is just trying to protect you and protect us so it's really important to incorporate this practice um into your daily routine to to integrate safety into your life because the the body and the mind um don't necessarily understand the difference of this moment and the past. So it's just trying to protect us and make sure that we're on point and that we're, you know, in survival survival mode and that we're not going to let that happen again. So that's been really helping me. And if you need journal prompts, I've been posting a lot of Instagram posts with tons of Instagram, with tons of writing prompts. Um, If you don't have my modern meditations journaling course, that's actually 50% off right now um, because a lot of you guys have asked if I was going to put it back on sale and yeah, I did. So originally it's $55 and now it's $27 for the next few weeks. Um, Right now, you know, it's late September that I'm 
recording this, but if you're listening to this in the future um, and you are financially struggling, then just feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram and I will be happy to honor the 50% discount to anyone who wants the, the course. I can I can email you it, uh, you can Venmo me, we'll figure it out, but I want it to be accessible for everyone. So, um, one more thing I wanted to add into this episode because I feel like it really resonates with the theme of astrology in this episode. The day that I'm recording this intro is Saturday, September 26th, and this day is a very energetically charged day because uh, in 2013, on September 26th, um, my best friend Lance passed away in a tragic accident. Um, and it's been several years, so, you know, I feel like I've recovered from losing him, and it's been a, a really big journey for me, and it it honestly was one of those moments where it changed my life forever. Um, before Lance died, I feel like I was living a different life, and then after he died, it was like almost like I was um, reborn in, in, into a different life of, you know kind of fear and and suffering and and confusion um and i wanted to share this with you because the last um few weeks you know whenever september rolls around i always feel his energy a little bit more it just every year it's just like that i just feel him more and i felt him a lot this month i had a really crazy experience where i channeled him for a couple hours uh, under the moon after a hike that I did out here and it was it was really crazy um, and then what happened this week um, well last week there was an earthquake so if you're living in Southern California you definitely felt it it was an intense earthquake and th- uh, the next week we heard a kitten outside of our apartment screaming and crying and staring up at us and very malnourished, very sick. Um, she's. We found out that she's 16 weeks old. We brought her to the vet and we got her all her shots and everything and she's being nursed back to health here. And I couldn't help but think that um, she was sent from my friend Lance. And if you haven't heard the episode right before this one, in the intro, I was talking about how I felt bad for my cat, um, Nar, who he's three and a half years old. And I was talking in the intro about how I think he's depressed and I think he's lonely and I wish that he could enjoy his life more. And, you know, what do you know? A kitten comes into our lives needing rescuing and um, he's... He's really, he's acting so much different. His energy is completely different. He's playing with her. He seems happier. He seems really interested in in watching her and what she does. And I can't help but feel that this is just um, divine timing and divine timing around the time of Lance's death anniversary, which is just, it gives me the chills. So I, I don't know why I'm sharing this. I just feel like it's, when things like this happen, it's it's really interesting to see and kind of investigate like why and with timing and synchronicities like there there is some serious um, 
energetic shifts going on in the universe. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're obviously into spirituality and energetics and manifestation. And right now is a very energetically charged time. So I really encourage you guys to journal, to write, to express, to let out your emotions because that frees up space in your body and it frees up space for you to connect to your spirit guides and to like really up level what you're bringing into your life. So that's my spiel on synchronicities and the wild shit that's been going on over here. Um, I hope that you enjoy this episode with Alyssa. You can check her out on Instagram, Nomad Astrology, and she has her website there. I'll put it all in the show notes for you. Um, you're really going to like this one. And if you have the, the time and the space, I would definitely take out a notebook and take some notes during this episode because there's lots of juicy puzzle pieces that you're going to feel connect and click with you. So enjoy and we will chat soon everything just just felt like I it clicked and yeah I haven't had that sensation um in a while so <laughs> oh, I love that though that feels so good it's like so in alignment because your soul like guided you to make yeah. that decision like at the right time though when you were ready for it I feel like so yeah where do you live you're in California I live in Lake Tahoe so it's like oh cool the mountains yeah it's really oh, nice awesome. and outdoorsy and just chill here yeah I miss Southern California, but I don't know. I like being able to retreat in my little like quiet space without yeah, having I, to deal the with the same way. Yeah, definitely. Um, so do you want me so astrocartography, because you haven't done it before. Yeah. So it's basically like is your birth chart plotted over a map of the world? And so everywhere like that your charts are in specific houses is categorized in lines. So wherever they would be on that point of your birth chart, if it were to be relocated, is where the lines are around the world. And so every line like has different energy, basically. So certain places okay. are, you feel really good. And also for your own chart, it's super unique to that too, because your chart like agrees with certain energy lines more mm-hmm. than other ones would. And so it's nice to like have an understanding because then you realize like, why why am I called to go here versus go there and everything and I think right too it'll be nice to see like the patterns like you said because um you notice like when you came here you felt really good and like you'd been here before but you would felt yeah. more challenged in other places and it, it all comes together to like form this deep understanding for you you know it's crazy because um my friend Heather, who I'm in her apartment right now, I'm house sitting for her. I've known her since five since 2015, and I when I moved to Miami, I didn't know anybody except for like maybe one or two people, and I was introduced to her um, through my best friend Val. So I didn't know Heather at all. She was just a mutual friend, and in Miami, she did the same thing. She was that expander friend and that like. I call them shapeshifter friends because they help you like shape into a new timeline and they, they help shape your life into like a new, just a whole new reality. And she's my shapeshifter friend because everywhere that she's lived, Miami, 
Um, she lived in um, downtown LA and now she lives in Long Beach. And every time that she's lived in a city, she's like, dude, you, you'd love it here. You know, like you should move here. And um, she helped me in Miami create my life. And now she's helping me in Long Beach kind of create a little life here. So um, yeah. I have, I have her to thank. And also just being called to California. I lived in LA for four years, um, back in 2012, but it was like Hollywood and something in my mind kept saying, go back to California, but not Hollywood. You're going to meet people. You're going to meet a guy. Maybe, I don't know. And I kept resisting it because I was just like, I can't move cross country right now. Like that is so much energy and money. And, and then COVID happened and I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess the pressure is off and, you know, nobody really wants to move right now. Everybody's forced inside. Everybody's forced to not make crazy moves and, you know, think that they're going to get a big job or whatever. So I literally saved money since January and now I'm, I, I am ready for, for something. So I think that it is all in divine timing for sure. Yeah, especially because she's been that expander like throughout your life in different phases. So it's like, and every place you went to is different. So it's like every place has different energy and it's like what you needed now. And obviously everything happens for a reason and COVID has been hard and it is definitely a struggle when you're thinking about moving somewhere new right now because it's just like everything going on. But I feel like if you knew you were called there for a reason, it's definitely like because like that alignment is going to happen for you. And yeah, so I can pull over to your chart. I know you know a lot like about astrology already where you're like, you're familiar with your chart because you've talked about it on the podcast. I'm familiar with it, but I feel like I have just like barely scratched the surface. That's why when you reached out to me, I was like, oh my God, yes, because I, because I don't know, I'm just, I always want to learn, but when you're self-learning, it's different than when you're actually learning from someone. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to share the screen with you just so it's easier to um, see the chart because like, I definitely noticed like some cool themes in your birth chart where it's like you have a obviously a very powerful sun because it's in the first house which is like Mm -hmm. any planets in the first house like take on the qualities of that planet so it's like you're very good at expressing yourself but the fact that it's like opposite your moon in gemini shows that it's just like your emotions are kind of getting in the way of your self-expressions or they can in a sense like or you can like take things too personally and people see that or something like that I'm not sure if that resonates at all but yeah that's kind of (laughs) what the opposition but it's really good though because you do have that ability to feel things very deeply and you show that to people like how I told you I felt like I connected with you and I was listening to you just because you are connecting to people's emotions like because that's how you're expressing yourself yeah. So it really cuts to the, it cuts to people's emotions. Yeah. That's what yeah. I want to do. I love that so much. And then your moon in Gemini is interesting because it is in the seventh house of like one-on-one partnerships and relationships. Oh, what? Um, but Gemini is the sign that's always changing. Like it gets bored. It likes excitement and like fun and to keep things interesting. And like you want someone that's really understands you and you can have endless conversations with them otherwise you'll get bored because like 
you don't want somebody that just like talks about football all of the time or something <laughs> like that. You want like somebody that you can talk about whatever, like anything and it won't get boring. It'll stay interesting. So I feel like that is probably um, wow. something to think about for relationships. So the seventh house you're saying has to do with um, romantic relationships or just any type of relationships? You just, said one-on-one? Just close personal relationships, I would say. It, it does have a tendency to turn towards more of the romantic side, but any, any kind of relationships, really. Cool. I didn't know that. I, it's, it's so hard when you pull up your chart from like all these sites yeah. because they have, they have like different, um, different things. Like they have like the placidious and then they have like, they'll show you like that the numbers of the houses and stuff, but like sometimes it, there's like different charts and, and they all look different. So this yeah. is really, this is really cool. Cool. Yeah. I totally understand you on that, especially cause they have Eastern astrology and you're like, it's a completely different fucking thing. So you're like, what? Yeah. And then like the moon in the seventh house does show that like your emotions are tied to your relationships too. So it's like, that's like what you need to feel at your core. You need to feel that like emotional connection. Cause it is tied to that. Like you do feel like you need those deep connections as a person. So, yeah, that's, that's, um, part of the reason why I have been perpetually single for like four years, because I would rather be single than, than open up to someone who, um, I can't open up all the way to. Like if, if I have to hide certain parts of myself and cover up my dark emotions, um, then that makes me feel really uncomfortable. And I would, I really just want to meet someone who I can have like awesome conversations with, but also like they, they can't be too serious because that makes me, that makes me feel uncomfortable for some reason. Like I get very, um, like whatever their energy is, I can like morph into like whatever their energy is. And I guess that's the Gemini in me, but like, if they're funny and they're, and they're go like, they're just like super wild. I become that if they're like super down and like serious and emo, I become that. So I really have to be careful with who I let in. I, I completely understand that. And that's like an empathic thing too. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, but it's because like your emotions are so strongly tied to that. It's really good that you've set up those boundaries within yourself in a sense, because that's like what your soul needs um, to like be fulfilled and to be happy and satisfied. And when you went through your Saturn return and you have a stellium in the second house, which is all about your values and your right. security and your like home. And so that's mm -hmm. where Saturn is. It so shows you what you're serious about and you're serious about your set of values that you have in your life and like what you want in that way. So it's like, you're not, and until that transits fully is until you can like fully step into realizing that that is what is actually really important to you before your Saturn return. You, you don't know, you kind of like go in opposition to that of your true core set of values and you don't um, like want to become serious about that in a sense. That's just what um, the second house for 
Um, and because it's in Capricorn too. Capricorn is already a really serious planet. Right. Oh and my so, God. yeah. <laughs> so like, I, I, I've always felt like that's why I'm crazy. Like that's the, that's the answer right there. The, the stellium in Capricorn and the second house, because that's the only thing that I really grasped from, from like trying to teach myself astrology. When I saw that in my chart, I was like, oh, that's yeah. why I'm fucking insane. Um, and what, so I have a question. Um, yeah. you're saying, you said like, okay, when you were in your Saturn return, um, that's your core values. And can you tell from this chart, like, like it, like when the actual time that the Saturn return starts and ends, because that's something that confuses me a little bit. Yeah. So you can tell when you go to the transits. So right now Saturn is retrograde. Sorry if it just, Saturn is retrograde back in um, Capricorn right now until I think December, but your chart, like you had already passed your Saturn return. So it, oh. um, I'd have to look up the date, but it's when, so when Saturn like appears right here on the chart, if you can see okay. when it's um, returning to your chart, that's when it's like aligned with what you're going through. And then when it moves into Aquarius, obviously Saturn's no longer in your sign. Like you can still feel the energy when it's in the sign of Capricorn, but when it's specifically transiting your chart with your natal, um, your natal sign, that's when you're going to feel the most strongly. And Saturn's a slow moving planet. So that's for a long time when it's like the most intense. Okay. That's really interesting. So have you heard of people saying, um, your Saturn return hits the peak or the climax at year 29 and a half? Yeah, I've heard like I've heard that it just depends because different people like Saturn's in the same planet for a long time and so you were born like 1989 but somebody Saturn like in 1988 or in 1990 could still be Saturn. Uh -huh. And so there's is going to hit at a different time if their planet entered. Does that make sense? Like they were 27 yeah. when they started their Saturn return versus 28. Yeah, I think I was 27 when mine started. Yeah, so that's like the only like differentiating kind of factor. It was like whenever Saturn came into there and wherever it is, like placement wise, like with the degree and all of that. So, okay, that actually makes so much sense. Yeah, okay. no, it's like good to know. <laughs> and it's, and it's not necessarily like your values were changing during the Saturn return. It's Saturn, whatever house and placement that is, is what Saturn is like focusing on. That's what's getting changed and shifted in your life. And just for you, because you have those placements, it means it was in this way of like values versus something else. Um, for people who are listening, um, if they have a stellium in, doesn't matter what sign, what house, what does that mean? Does that mean that? Um, those types of people who have so much energy in that certain house with that certain um, sign, they have a, a like, do they have more trouble in certain areas or do they need to work on putting, like, do they need to like be aware of the energy that the, that that house and that sign has in order to kind of like lessen it? Like how, like, like understanding that you have a stellium, how can that help you like live a, a life in better alignment? Yeah. So like a stellium isn't, isn't like saying that you're going to have trouble. It's saying that this area of the chart 
like is a main area of focus for your birth chart. Like you're going to actually like, even though you have like the Sagittarius, Scorpio and Gemini, a lot of your energy is coming from Capricorn. It almost like takes on as like the ruling um, aspect of the chart, which would be Capricorn instead of like you would have Pluto as the ruling ruler of your chart because your ascendant is in Scorpio. So it's like, it just magnifies that area of your life. And that's really like what your core takes on. Um, It just becomes like the central kind of focus um, in your chart. And so, yeah, like second house is all about values and comfort and like your home and money, which, cause it's ruled by Taurus, right? So that's what it's like into, but then it's in the sign of Capricorn. So it's like, that's actually how you're expressing yourself in like a very more serious way. That's like hardworking and like sh- structured um, about that's those so things. Funny. I mean, it's funny because like, I think that people look at me as like, not like a hard worker. Like they look at me like as this free-spirited hippie who like doesn't work and like I don't know like I really do work a lot um but in a different way than than like the traditional you know sense like um people don't people ask me like how how do you have money and I'm like well I used to be poor um (laughs) when I was living in LA when I you know I I've had very poor times of my life and like those moments of being poor, like stuck with me so hard. And I, and I remember those vividly, like how, how I never wanted to be like that again. And, um, you know, thankfully I'm, I'm doing a lot better now financially, but I'm 30 and I'm just feeling like I've hit a new kind of, um, reality and, um, money and home has always been a dramatic part of my life because I've always had some kind of drama or issues with roommates or leases or the just the the logistics of the home I've been fucked over by like so many roommates I've lived with very sketchy people I've had years of my life where I felt so ungrounded so I feel like that totally makes sense so if anybody is listening and they have a lot of energy in the second house um, which has to do with money and home life, like that. Do you think that's why there there was so much backlash in those two areas of my life? Because I had so much energy in those houses and that sign. Yeah. Well, the thing is too, it's like you all you have Uranus and Neptune in there, and so Uranus is like new ideas and like innovation, and it just comes kind of like as like an, a way of making like a new thing, but it like, you can kind of not be used to that energy, if that makes sense. It's like a harder energy to acclimate with. And then like Neptune can make things a little bit foggy and it can make things a little bit challenging and unclear to see. And so it's the combination of like Neptune, Uranus and, and um, Saturn. And then you also have Mercury in there. And, and you have Venus in there too, but Venus is in Aquarius. So that's a little bit different than the ones that are in Capricorn. But Mercury okay. is like your communication style and how you like express yourself through words and through like writing. And so that's oh, yeah. kind of like how you feel like, and it's how you think too. It rules your brain. And so that's where your thoughts are lying. But if you were to say have like, but it's also um, opposite, opposite jupiter in the chart and so jupiter is the great expander so if you were having like these negative 
think thoughts about money and mindset, Jupiter would be expanding that probably into your life. That's just what I'm picking up on from that energetically too. So Jupiter, I'm writing this down right now just because I like, even though I'm going to be able to listen to this again, but you said Jupiter is the great expander. Yeah. So like wherever it is in your chart and whatever it's connected to expands in your life. Um, It's (sighs) also a good place though. Like Jupiter is the ruler of Sagittarius, which is like the fun, free spirited energy. So Jupiter lines like in astrocartography are like actually some of the best places because it makes you more abundant and like more um, tapped into that frequency and like just good things happen on them and you feel like magnetic. That's, that's how I felt on mine. I was like, well, I just met all these strangers and we instantly became like best friends on my Jupiter line. And it was just so weird. Like it was just a weird experience on your Jupiter line. So what, can you explain that? Like, what, like, how do I know when that happened? Yeah. Did it already happen for me? No, no, no. So that's the astro cartography thing. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry if I was jumping back and forth. No, you're fine. Um, so like, these are all the different lines, like in your chart. And then if you click on different places, you'll see like these circles, which represent when the planet is felt at its fullest effects or that planet line, but it works along the lines of like latitudes too. Sorry if this is like super confusing. No, I'm I'm just interested. Don't, don't yeah. mind my faces. <laughs> no worries. Sometimes I feel like I'm speaking another language. So they're like, what did you just say? Like, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm absorbing it all, but she's, she's looking at me like I'm probably crazy. Cause I'm like, what? But no, like keep going. This is, this is magical. Yeah. This is, so this like is so cool. you can feel this like strong circle effect across like the line of latitude for the whole globe. So like all the way into other countries and other areas if it's on the same line of latitude. Oh, wow. So those, even though like the Jupiter in Zenith circle is right over here, that's, oh, you can still feel them like along the whole line. So, so that's, that's the Middle East. That's straight up the Middle East. It, yeah. And like, <laughs> this would be like your, but it's along the whole line. So you'd feel it in Mexico, Cuba. Right. right. And I love Mexico. Yeah. So those are places where you feel really abundant and like really good. Wow. And like, so that would be like the Jupiter line over here. It's not like directly running through any of the um, like states or anything. It's felt in the ocean. Mm-hmm. So like ones you want to look for that you'll feel the most strongly are going to be like the central kind of lines that are running through the chart. Wait, does that say Salt Lake City right there? It does. Did you live there for a while? No, but I've been, I've been, <laughs> I've been um, feeling called to, to go there. Wow. Yeah, you have. So this is like on the West Coast, you have your Venus IC line and that would be where Salt Lake is because you can still feel the energy within like 200 miles of the line. And so even if you're not like directly on it, you can still like feel energetically. And so Venus is like the planet of like love and harmony and creativity. And where it says icy, the icy in your birth chart rules the home. And so if it's a Venus icy line, like you're, you're going to like find those like partnerships, those like relationships and like have that as a central to your home life. And because Taurus or because Venus rules Taurus, the second house, I feel like you on a Venus line would thrive because you that would help you tap into like that second house stellium and like really come into like 
peace and balance and harmony with your core set of values and also like attract more romantic partners and just anyone that really connects with you on that like really good positive way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that green line goes, I mean, it's not going through California like crazy, but it's still pretty close yeah. to Southern California. I checked, you can't feel it in LA, but in San Diego, if you've were ever called to go there or check that I've out. I've been there. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I could totally see you living in LB if you've been there. I um I went to San Diego with my sister a few years ago for her birthday. I like bought us tickets and we got a hotel and we just like ventured around and um, we loved it. I mean, it was really, really fun. I, I love San Diego. Um, I had a question about the Venus because you said um, my Venus was in Aquarius and we just got, I think it just ended, right? The Venus retrograde. Yeah. So it ended like last month. And so you do have Venus and Aquarius and you have your North node there. And so when Venus is retrograde, it's going back into the planet that it was before. So I think before it was retrograde in Capricorn. And so when Venus is retrograde, like people from the past can come up because it's bringing back even old friendships. Anybody from the past can come up or even just be thought of in like dreams. I've keep, I keep having dreams of my ex, like during Venus. Oh my God. I can't figure it out. Like, yeah, that's been happening to me too. And, um, I don't know. This Venus retrograde really it was fucking insane how many people came through. Like how like a few different exes. Um one ex who I thought hated me and he like sent me all these like long messages on Instagram saying like just like very validating like, you know, and I hadn't talked to him in like 2 years. Um and it was very very random and then people from my past, like people from middle school, high school, um i'm trying to think who else dreams yeah dreams about um all sorts of exes and a lot of sex dreams yeah that makes sense like that's crazy they all like physically reached out too especially mm-hmm. people from like high school and middle school that's wild it's so um, weird how that happens so i was fucking shocked i mean i was floored that some of these people were hitting me up i was like this is this is insane. Like, if you don't think astrology is real, <laughs> yeah. um, then I guess it's everything just a coincidence, which is even Bullshit. more insane. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, that's, that's like delusional um, to even think that. But um, what does North Node mean? I know that people might yeah. know what it means, but I, I don't really exactly understand what it means. So I, it's actually really interesting because you're kind of like living your North Node right now and this is why so your north node is your sole purpose do you believe in past lives at all yeah so like your your north node is your sole purpose in this lifetime and then your south node is your sole purpose that you've lived before like that's your past lives and so the challenge is and it doesn't usually happen until around age 30 is where you fully can step out of your south node and step into your north node and so you're becoming you were this way maybe the first 30 years of your life and that's who you were in a past life. So you're comfortable with it. But then really what your purpose is to be is 
to step into the qualities more of this placement and embody those qualities. So like for you, your south node is the ninth house in Leo. And so the ninth house is all about philosophy, travel, exploration, and it's in Leo, which is like a really shining planet that wants to be expressive and be noticed. So it's like, that's who you were in the past life where you were like teaching people and being noticed. But the third house is actually your social network, which is like your platform, which is like what you're doing now. And it's an Aquarius, which is all about doing humanitarian work and like mm-hmm. spreading a message using technology, even because Uranus rules technology to like a large group of people. Cause it's the network, it's the platform. And so And then Uranus, yeah, and Aquarius is that planet that is like the humanitarian and they want to do that type of work that is good in the universe, but they don't necessarily like want necessarily the credit from it. It's more just to get that message out there. So I saw that and I was like, that really makes sense if you have this platform and you're getting this message out. But I can tell like just from listening to you and talking to you now that it's not for your own self-gratification. It's because you want to help humanity and other people. And so that really is in alignment, like you're living your truth. So that's always good to know. Okay, so is it possible for people to feel like, because that makes sense, the whole Leo thing, if, if anybody's listening and they have Leo in their chart, you said Leo has to do with, um, like, obviously, like, fiery energy, because it's fire, but you said, like, um, traveling and, like, enthusiasm and, and what else? So the night Leo, it is still like the Leo likes to be like the star and like that expressive energy. Um, And so that's how it's showing up. Like the South node likes to be expressive and likes to be noticed your South node, but it's Mm -hmm. the area of life, which is the houses is the ninth house, which is ruled by Jupiter and Sagittarius. And so the ninth house is all about higher learning, travel, um, exploration and like teaching too. So it's all of those things which is maybe more in your like younger years, you were more into doing like personal exploration and like just were really expressive about that. But now you're more focused on serving in a sense. Mm -hmm. So that would be that energy. Yeah. I taught yoga from ages 23 to 29. And then I took like a long break and it's been like six months of me not teaching yoga, but then I like, I like transfused all that energy into the podcast. Um, But like what I was trying to say before is like, is it normal for people to feel like a clashing of energy of the North node and the South node? Because I can find myself being like, no, I want my podcast to be on this like big, um, media like under this like certain media company because then that would get me more exposure but not exposure for me gab cohen exposure for um the literal podcast to like help people get through like the the mental disorders that they're trying to get through like it's not that i want to be famous or recognized i want like the podcast to like blow the fuck up and and people like, like, but then what happens is that I, I think to myself, well, who, who are you to think that? And I think that's maybe the Aquarius coming in and saying, who are you to, to think that you like have so much to, um, 
to like offer like you're so smart and like you know things that people don't which is not true like I'm not saying anything um like I'm sure a million people on this on this earth have had the same thoughts that I've had but I'm just like putting it into something that's like um you're able to like listen to it you know yeah and that's the north node in aquarius like a hundred percent everything you're feeling now but you are definitely still a combination of both i think everybody is so i mean like it's it's cool though that you are feeling more because that is like your true what you're pushing towards in your lifetime but obviously you're a combination of like who you've been in past lives and who you are now and even like future lives and things like that you're like this combination of all of the energy it's just this specific lifetime and you can still feel the past lives, but this specific lifetime, like that's the focus moving forward, but you're still going to have those qualities of who you've been because it's, you're not going to completely just erase them just because it's changed now, you know? Yeah. Do you think that's why I, I vibe with Leo's so well? <laughs> because I was one in a past life. Yeah. And you're, and the, you're a Sag. So Sag's and Leo's like, work really well together because you guys have that like compatible energy so it makes sense i feel it <laughs> all right let's be real buying vitamins and supplements can become overwhelming and super stressful honestly i find myself in rabbit holes on the internet trying to find the lowest prices for the best supplements and it can feel like a full-time job if you're anything like me and really into healing holistically through vitamins and supplements, then using Care Of is a great way to simplify the entire process. The best part of Care Of is that they specifically curate your daily vitamin packs to be exactly what your body needs to function at its best. All you do is take a quick five minute online quiz and you can even customize your daily supplement packets too. Not only do they have top quality vitamins, but I've really been loving the single packets of probiotics, the Chill Factor, and the Dream Team single packets, which can promote healthy relaxation and sleep, which I need all the help I can get in that department because I have insomnia. And since I have a lot going on health-wise, I'm trying to balance out my hormones, my autoimmune symptoms, and regulate my digestion. It's been really nice to not have to worry about buying all these bottles of supplements. Care of makes it easy and effortless. Supplement shopping can become so expensive too, but with care of, you're really getting exactly what you need for a fraction of the price. So for 50% off of your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter code VIBEWITHIN50 take out all the pressure and the stress when it comes to getting your vitamins and your supplements and go to takecareof.com. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. I seriously love BetterHelp so much. They're one of my favorite sponsors and I will tell you why I love them so much. When I started this podcast, I was going through a really rough time. I'm talking drug relapse, drug addiction, drug abuse, relationship issues, anxiety, depression. I was going through one of the craziest moves of my life. So therapy really helped me get through a lot of that. And online therapy is, in my opinion, even better than going to a therapist's office because, let's face it, 
our lives have changed the last year or so and I just feel like online therapy is the best way to go. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist and you can start communicating with them in less than 48 hours. They really do match you with with a therapist so quickly. It takes, in my case, less than 24 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, which might not really be locally available in all areas. The service is available for clients worldwide, and it's super easy to access your account. You can log in, you can send a message to your counselor really at any time you want, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, whatever you prefer. I like to do phone sessions sometimes because sometimes I like to, to go on a walk when I, go on, when I do my therapy sessions. It's really up to you. Traditional therapy can come with kind of a stressful energy attached to it. So I really love how BetterHelp is really controlled by the the patient. If you want to connect with your therapist and communicate something with them, they have a journal feature, which I absolutely love. This journal feature has the option of sharing your journal entries with your therapist, but if you want to keep them totally uh, private and anonymous towards yourself, you don't have to share them with your therapist. But I really like this feature because For many of us, starting fresh with a new therapist gives us a lot of anxiety and it can trigger us. Um, So if you feel like that, you're not alone. I felt the same exact way because let's face it, a new therapist has to ask questions and try to get on the same page as where their client is. And sometimes rehashing our, our history of trauma and all the details can become kind of exhausting and a little bit annoying. So what I do when I start with a new therapist, like I did on BetterHelp, is I use the journal feature and I wrote kind of a lengthy email explaining to the therapist where what I've been through in the last few years, where I'm at right now, what I'm looking for in therapy, and what kind of therapy I've done, what kind of therapy I'm interested in, and what I'd like um, out of a therapist. So this is super important. If starting with a brand new therapist gives you panic or anxiety or stress, This is the most stress-free approach you could possibly do. I love how they matched me with someone with the experience and qualifications that I asked for. I personally asked for a therapist who had some experience with eating disorders, depression, and relationship trauma. Once BetterHelp matched me with my therapist, she messaged me right away and then I scheduled my first session with her for that week. The process is easy, effortless, and stress-free. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. So if you're going through a hard time right now, and let's face it, so many of us are, whether it's emotional turbulence, depression, anxiety, relationship issues, LGBTQ issues, Whatever it is, body image, self-esteem, BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. 
Visit betterhelp.com slash vibe. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, and join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Vibe Within listeners, you get 10% off of your first month of online counseling at betterhelp.com slash vibe. That's better H-E-L-P dot com slash vibe. Betterhelp.com slash vibe. Go start online therapy. DM me on Instagram. Let me know how it's going. And I hope that you get the help, the support, and the healing that you deserve. And enter the code VIBEWITHIN50 for 50% off your first order. Do you think that there's specific signs for Sagittarius that, um, for like romantic partnerships that works the best? Because I've had some really, you know, I mean, you listen to the podcast, so you know, like the toxic kind of relationships that I've been in and, um, it's hard. I mean, I know that like judging someone by their sign isn't 100%, you know, you can't, you can't really do that. You know, they're, they're a human being full bodied, like they have a lot of different things going on, but in your opinion, um, first of all, I want to know what your sign is. And if there's, if you think that personally you've had better luck with certain signs and then the best signs for Sagittarius. So mine's really interesting. Cause like, so I'm a Virgo, but I have a Sagittarius moon and like I, they say that your opposite sign is one of the best. So for me, that would be Pisces. For you, it would be Gemini or your moon sign is the best. So for me, it'd be like Sagittarius suns. And I'm not kidding. My like last partners were all Pisces and Sagittarius. Like not planning being mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, I'm going to date them because they're this sign. But like, that's how it happened. So I don't think that's random. Like, so for you, it'd be you have a lot of Gemini energy. So Gemini's would actually be a really good sign for you to date. They can be challenging though. Like they definitely can be challenging, but mm-hmm. I think Gemini would be a really good match for you or even another Scorpio. Cause Scorpio, anything has that like deep need to like really understand things on a deeper way. And so you have like a Scorpio rising and two planets in Scorpio. So you have a big Scorpio presence in your chart too. So like maybe a Scorpio would be good for you or even a Taurus like Mm, that's interesting I'm kind of um talking to someone who's a Taurus and I've never I don't think I have like any Taurus friends or like have had any like crazy relationship with a Taurus and I'm like they're so calm so I'm like "Hmm, maybe that's like good for me you know because it's so opposite of my fire and like all of that but like okay so you're saying um for people who don't know um what exactly the ascending or the rising sign means um how would you explain it so like your sun is kind of like your self-expression but your rising sign is actually like your core persona and it's your personal appearance and how you show up and how people see you so it's actually like you take on qualities more like physically of a Scorpio than you do a Sagittarius because you're a Scorpio rising. So Scorpios are more like mysterious and deep and there's like an alluring quality to them that you can't quite figure out versus Sagittarius rising would come across as more like bubbly and 
excited and like body that more. So that's the difference between like the sun and the rising. That's why it's so important to like, you have to know your time of birth though, to know the rising sign. And a lot of people don't have that. And so I feel like they can't, you can't really know your chart or know yourself if you don't know the time because your rising and the houses are so important. So do you, um, that what you just said about, um, like if you would come off as bubbly and, and like that, that would mean like that you were embracing your Sagittarius rising. And I, I don't feel like I'm the most bubbly person. Like I have a dark side to me and I've always, I didn't know that I was a Scorpio rising until like I got into this stuff. So like maybe a few years ago and I was like, wow, that makes sense because I feel like I'm portrayed as this mysterious, exotic, dark, kind of weird person. And I, I resonate with the rising sign sometimes like a lot more. And it's interesting to like, do you, cause I know that the moon sign has to do with your emotions, right? So like yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people will like go, like when they look at their tarot readings on YouTube, they'll like, they'll look at their moon sign tarot readings. What, what does the rising sign make you feel like what's like the emotions that are attached to like the rise? I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, no, I've never like, that's a really good question. Cause the rising sign is just more like how you're portrayed to be and it's your like appearance and like how people see you and how you see yourself. So you're still seeing, you see yourself more as a Scorpio than a Sagittarius, but like physically the way you express yourself and your energy is more tied to Sagittarius, if that makes sense. So it's like your whole, yeah, if that, I feel like they kind of sounded like they were the same, but it's more like your personal appearance and like your logistics and your expression are seen more as a Scorpio versus the sun is more just other things that is still seen, but it's more tied to do with your energy and your creativity and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. Oh, man, I, I I don't even know how you read this stuff. Like this this whole chart just looks like uh, another yeah. planet, like another <laughs> planet to me. Just like total gibberish. No, I feel like I didn't at first when I first started doing this. I was like called to do it, kind of. I didn't have like a plan to get into astrocartography. It like found me, and then I was going to South America for like five months. And I was like, I might as well travel to like these different lines because it sounds like a really cool experience. And it was so like moving and there were so many different themes around everywhere I was. And when I got home, I was like, I have to like do this for people so they can know the themes and know how to travel that way. Cause I feel like it just changes how you travel and how you know yourself and like why you feel so energetically connected to different places. So it's just like so powerful. So you're saying that you went and you traveled your specific lines? Yeah. So like I Oh wow. Yeah. And you def I definitely recommend that for you too or for anybody because it's because you can pick, like you know where your lines are, where your Jupiter or your Venus, or like even I like the Neptune line because they're very intuitive and I feel like I'm on like another planet when I'm there because you're like souls like seeing things like completely outside of your body. I, that probably sounds crazy, but. No, no. So what's on my Neptune line? How do you. Yeah. Let me zoom out for you because like you have 
you don't have that many lines in the U.S., which is interesting. You only have four of them. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but it's, yeah, but it's like if you felt called to other places. But like South America, you have a ton. Oh, wow. So it's like you – and when they're all like close to each other, you can feel the energy of like multiple different lines. That's so- crazy because I've never been to that part of – South America. I've been to Costa Rica and I loved it there. Um, and I had a really wild, um, I guess, synchronistic connection there. But that connection with that person um, ended up really bad. But this this makes a lot of sense because I feel like I am not American. Like whenever I travel, I can shape shift and morph into wherever I am, like especially like third world countries. Like I do, I do really well in um, Bali and like, I don't know what it is, but no matter where I go, people ask me where I'm from and nobody ever thinks that I'm American. And I know that um, I don't look necessarily white, but I am. And like, I'm not Hispanic and I'm not like any, I'm not mixed. Like I, my background is Israeli and Italian, but I'm white. You know what I mean? Like I was born in in the United States. So it's just interesting to, I've never felt, I've always felt so weird, even as a child, because um, my mom is fair skin and blue eye and blonde hair. And my dad's, my dad is the darker one, but like, as a little kid, I swear I looked like I was Mexican or half black and people would like, my mom used to tell me that, that people would question her and say, oh, did you adopt your daughter? (laughs) So I just have always felt like not, uh, and, and still it happens here too. Like I went to the grocery store and both times that I went to the grocery store here in Long Beach, someone like was I guess, quote unquote, hitting on me, but like the question came about like, what's your ethnicity? Like, what are you? You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's super interesting too. Cause it's like, I don't know. I believe that like, so the lines are like, I believe that the lines are where your past lives are too. Mm. Um, yeah. I, and like, so for you, it's like, you have more past lives if that's the case, you don't have that many lines in the US. So it's like, but you've had so many more lives in like South South America or like Africa or even the Middle East. Like you have a lot of energy going through there too. So it makes, wow. if you believe that and you can believe that you kind of represent your past lives in your current life so you can embody the qualities of them and everything like that. Um, that would make sense too, why like you don't feel American or you even because you don't have as many energetic connections to this place all your energetic connections are like elsewhere so I mean those that cluster of lines literally goes through Saudi Arabia and Iraq right yeah it goes (laughs) I know so it's like but the thing is about astrocartography is even if you can't travel to one of the lines you can Mm -hmm. still call in the energy so Mm -hmm. it's like wherever the line is in the world, like this would be your Jupiter and Mercury line. So Jupiter on the IC right here, Mm -hmm. the IC is your home line. And so your home life becomes more abundant and like beautiful and comfortable and like happy and joyful there because it takes on the qualities of Jupiter. So those are like really good places to like 
have call in like friendship from and then mercury on the mc is actually like how you express yourself to the world because the mc is your social position it represents the midheaven in your birth chart and so that's like how people see you and your career and so mercury on the midheaven helps you be more expressive and communicative through your work and so that would be a good place not to visit necessarily but to call in energy from which you can do by like looking at pictures or like meditating on it or like I always listen to podcasts or watch YouTube from people where my like Jupiter line is because I know that I will feel better after I just I do feel that it works that way I just screenshotted that um that is so cool and then I saw I think I saw like there was two lines that like weren't going directly through Barcelona um oh that's interesting Paris I've never been there before but I've been wanting to go yeah Um, so that uh, wow you can you keep going oh I was just gonna say I met I met one of the like one of my soulmates in Barcelona that's all I just that okay I'll, I'll probably never see him again but um he was my soulmate literally Okay, I'm going to explain to you what this these lines are and it's going to blow your mind. I feel oh, it. fuck. Because, okay. So this line, the green one, it can still be felt in Barcelona. And that is the, um, that would be like the Venus line. <laughs> Venus on the ascendant. So you take on the qualities of Venus. So you're like attracting people. You become like more like sensual and you meet like love relationships there. And then this line is the moon's node line, like that represents your past lives and future lives. So on the ascendant, you literally like meet people that you've known in a past life on these types of lines. It's like a very soulmate, spiritual connection. So it's like right between those two lines. That's insane. That's fucking wild. And I I have direct family that live in Italy too. So I've met I've met my my family, my familia in Italy um, years back, and that's fucking crazy because the Venus line goes, but you know what's crazy is that it goes literally right on the dot of Paris, and it's I like- I think you should go. Or do Parisian guy, <laughs> like either one. So what you're saying is that when people like look at their chart, like say they're getting a reading from you and, you know, they want to say they're like manifesting a partner, but like in these times, you know, you can't really travel anywhere. Um, you're saying to call in energy and kind of like create, uh, like bring in that energy in any way. Like you, you said, YouTube videos, um, pictures, yeah, so like right now, because you can't travel to there. Yeah, like a Venus line, AC or the DC. So it's AC re- represents like Venus on the ascendant. So you take on the qualities of Venus there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like DC represents the descendant, which shows who comes into your life and like the people you meet in that place. So if it was a Venus DC line, you literally like, I've heard stories of people. I'm not sure if you're like super, for into guys that are from like Paris or Spain or Belgium or the Netherlands, any of those European countries, like you probably, even if you meet people from that ethnicity in the States or wherever you are, they can, they'll still represent that energy if they're from there, hmm. which I think is interesting too. Like to look at, you can check that out to see like where your Venus line is be- and be like, okay, I'm going to start dating more Spanish guys or something like that. That is so wild. Um, 
okay, this is really, really funny because now this is just coming to me, but I got like kind of catfished by a French dude um, back in 2015. I decided that I was going to go on Tinder and I matched with this, this French dude that lived in Paris and um he oh my god i can't believe this is all just coming back to me i think i blocked it out of my mind (laughs) (laughs) so what happened was this and i've actually been wanting to talk about this on the podcast it's not a long story but basically this guy catfished me into thinking that he was tall like super super tall like he said he was like six three and he said that he had a bunch of tattoos and that he worked in the music industry or some shit. And he said that his English wasn't that bad and that he was going to um, move to Miami to go to Barry University and study English and whatever. I don't know if you, you and the listeners remember the, the Paris shootings that happened in 2015. So he was uh, like really close to there when that was happening. And I think that's what made him want to get the fuck out of there and come to Miami. And I think that I had kind of an energetic pull on him as well. Cause we had been texting and talking. And so he, he comes to Miami and I'm bartending and I t- tell him to come to my, my job and just like get a drink and sit outside and whatever. He turns out to be my height. I'm five, two. Oh my gosh. Um, he, his English is terrible and his teeth are so jacked and I, I, I am so dumb. I was like, oh yeah, I've never talked to him, FaceTimed or like seen a picture of him smiling. You know what I mean? So just, and his personality was so different. Like nowadays with dating apps, I feel like you can get personality catfished, which is exactly what happened because his his swag, his, his texting swag, he did not have that in real life. He was a little scrawny little mouse and he made me feel uncomfortable. Uh-huh. And after that, I was like, wow, I just got catfished by this fucking French dude who I thought was like super sexy. And I think I like subconsciously like, um, like created a block towards Paris. And I was like, no, nah, I don't want to go to Paris. No, nah, I don't want to go to Paris. Like, you know, but yeah. now this makes total sense. That's crazy that that happened to you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I feel like it's crazy like to hear those stories because it's like he probably saw you. He's like, oh, she's cute. Like, this is my chance. And then you're like, oh, okay. You're like 5'2 with crooked teeth. Not that you're like, that matters that much, but you're like, okay. Like, that's just messed up. Why would you do that? Yeah, nothing against people with crooked teeth. I had crooked teeth and I now my teeth are straight because I did Invisalign. But like, the point is, is that, it's not always about looks, but when they portray themselves as being a certain way and having a certain personality and looking a certain way, you, you create these false narratives of these people and they have this personality that you like curate in your mind and it's, it's not reality. So it's very, very shocking. Yeah. Especially the texting part, how it's like he's texting different, which people text so differently than they are in real life. Like everybody like I feel like has a different completely different way of texting than their like reality self which is so interesting to think about yeah I mean do you um do you use dating apps like what have you had any like really negative like 
what yes. what are the what are the <laughs> negative experiences with um with dating apps that you've had and do you remember what signs they were and then what are the positive and what were the signs uh, I wish I remembered the signs. I, I need to start asking people their birthday, but like on dating apps, I never am like, what month were you born? <laughs> but yeah. I'm going to start. But one time last year, this is just my worst dating app story. I had just broken up. I'd just gotten out of a relationship that was like ended pretty badly. And I was like, he got a new girlfriend. And I was a little bit jealous because I felt like it was too soon. And so I was like, I'm going to go on an app and just go on a date because I need to get over him, like forcing mm-hmm. myself, bad choice. And this guy said he was an entrepreneur, had like seven jobs, had been all these places, super successful. He's really cute. I'm like, okay. And I live in a small mountain town. So there's not really guys like that. Everybody's a ski bum and has like what, no job, but I love that. Like, I like that. But this guy, like he shows up and he's like, we go get drinks and he's like, oh, like, do you want to go back to my car? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, I live in my car. Like, do you want to go back there? I'm like, no, I'm not going to go have sex with you in your car. I was like, it was so, I was like, okay, I'm leaving. (laughs) Like, I mean, it was like so funny, but it was such like a weird experience. Like, that's totally fine if you're between places, like Mm -hmm. no judgment. Like I've been there, but I'm not going to go back to your car probably. But it was just so funny. Like, so. Oh my God. How old was he? He was like 26, 27, mm-hmm. I think. I can't remember. I mean, yeah, it is It is trendy to like live out of your van, but it's different yeah. when you're living out of your car because I lived out of my car when I first moved to LA and it was terrible. Um, that's, that's funny. <laughs> oh my God. It was just unexpected. Like, no, ju- like it's totally fine though if you live out of your car, like, but it was just unexpected, I think, with him. Have you had any amazing, um, like, not to get super detailed, but, like, either, like, one-night stands that, like, you had, like, a very strong physical connection to them, and do you remember their sign, or, like, like, doesn't matter, I guess it doesn't matter their sign, but did you ever have, like, a, like, a very strong connection with someone who you didn't know, like, they were just a stranger, and it, and it happened, like, instantly? Yeah, so I think this actually does tie into the astrocartography, because I was on my Uranus DC line, um, like, nine months ago, ten months ago, and I was in Cusco, like, Peru, and I was there with my friend, but we kind of split up for the day, and so Uranus on the descendant, that brings, like, unique and interesting and different people into your life so like I was like convinced to get a random tattoo there I was like meeting all these like shamans and people that were like enlightening my me and like being like a spirit guide and it was just such a cool experience but this guy so my friend and I had split up and I went to go eat lunch in this like um farm not farmer's market like the markets in South America do you know what I'm talking about yeah, 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 yeah. So I went to eat lunch there and I like see this guy from across the room and I'm just like magnetized by him. And I guess he saw me and he felt like the same energy. And I was like, oh my God, he's coming up to me. I was so excited. And then like we ended up going out that night. He asked me out. He was from Germany and like we had like the best sex and like the best energy exchange. And then the very next day we were both going to different places. And so oh, wow. the whole for like the next month we kept trying to meet back up because we wanted to see each other again, but it just never worked out. So it did just be, was a one night stand. But I think it was the Uranus, like unique, different energy that I liked about him. So yeah, that, um, that kind of same 
storyline is what happened to me with the Barcelona dude because when I I went to Barcelona with a couple of my friends and I I met this he was the bartender at the W Hotel and my friends dared me to go give him my number and I I don't do that like I do not do that I am so shy and I was like this is so cheesy oh my god let's just get out of here and so I gave my gave my number he made us drinks and he was like okay well I'm gonna be traveling for two weeks then I come back to Barcelona and I was like okay I'll still be here um I was like I'm never gonna see this guy again but he's so hot and he did hit me up. He, he he hit me up. We went out one night and we got a drink. And that night ended up being an all night thing. Uh, we went to like the club with his friends. And then we went back to his place and we had like the best sex ever. And I ended up staying there for like two days. And um, but I never seen him again. But we stayed in, 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 in touch and stayed in contact. And that's actually one of the people that reached out to me during Venus Retrograde. <laughs> Oh my God, that's so crazy too, because it's right by your Venus line and the moon node line of the past. But yeah, that's that's wild that he randomly reached out to you like during Venus retrograde. But yeah, sounds like a fun experience though. Before COVID, um, he was like, he was like, I want to see you or whatever. And I was gonna, I, I had originally planned to have him meet me in California because I knew that I was going to be house sitting for my friend but that got extended because of COVID and now he lives in in Barcelona still so he's not able to travel so it's just it's so crazy the timing it's wild yeah. and then so what do you know what part of Italy your family is from um so my my immediate family lives in Teramo which is like is it like down here more? Yeah, I I think it's. I honestly don't know exactly. I don't think it's fully south. I think it's kind of like, like the center, middle. Yeah, it's it's yeah. not too far from. Rome. Oh, there it is. There you go. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I had a feeling. So the moon I see line, um, the moon is like your emotions, and the I see rules your home. And so those are going to be the places where you just feel the most at home. It's like, mm-hmm. and it is that like past life energy or just very comfortable family energy where you, you just know you've been there before and you feel very comfortable with the people you're around and it feels like home like immediately. So that's interesting that you have family there because they're obviously like representing that to you. Are you guys close at all? Or? Um it's crazy because I mean, we found our extended Italian family on, on um, Facebook like years ago. And I was the first one out of my entire Italian family to actually go over there and meet them because that's the Sagittarius that I am. Yeah. And I was 23 and I had just like lost a friend and I was like, I need to get out of get out of here. I'm going to go travel. And I like made it happen because I have cousins over there who like are our same age. So they like, she, I, I was like communi- communicating with her and um, she was basically like the, the translator for me the entire time because my family doesn't speak English at all. But I remember, I mean, I couldn't even count how many people were at this dinner that nobody in my family has met my grandmother um you know because it's just crazy that um I ended up being the first one to to do that yeah that's wild 
that's so cool that you got to meet like all of them and you found them on Facebook. That's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And it was really emotional too, because like when I got there, my cousin's father, who's now passed, but um, he was showing me like this thick book of photos and I didn't know who any of them were. And I was just so emotional and I felt because I felt like the weight of like my grandmother and my great grandmother and my grandfather on my Italian side. Um, I felt like all of their energy, like I had, I had like helped them maybe um, feel more connected or I just have always been the one that, that feels like that ancestral bind, you know? That's so interesting though. I feel like you did heal it because it was like a part of them that they didn't know about. And then you like were the first one to go. So you're like bringing that back to them so they could have that like connection too, which is so like, I would, I would love to have that experience. Like I think anybody would like, that's so cool. You got to have that. That's amazing. What is your background? Like where is, where is your descent from? So like the thing is, I, I don't know exactly. I'm like, I know I'm Norwegian, but I know I'm like Ukrainian Jew, but I don't know if that, if like we migrated to Ukraine or anything like that. So it's kind of like just this complete unknowing. Mm. So I would love to know though. I just, it was crazy though. Like just before I got on the phone with you, I was doing like a past life Reiki session and the girl channeled a past life I had in Italy and it was like what? all about me not having abundance. And that's where my Jupiter line runs through. And she was like, well, this is because in your present life, you need to overcome those like past limiting beliefs. So it's so, that was the wildest thing. Cause she was able to like see the visual of my past life and tell me it was there. And I was like, her lesson that she told me connected with my astrocartography line, like completely. I was like, we both were like freaking out. Like what? Yeah. You're going to have to give me her info. <laughs> She's amazing. You'll love her. Um, yeah. Cause that would help, you know, too. Cause it, and like, it probably is like whatever past life you'd had in any of these places. Um, you were doing things the opposite of your astrocartography line now, maybe. So it was like, if you're on your sun line, maybe in a past life you lived there and you weren't really expressing yourself. Huh. So that's why maybe the sun line is there now to show you that it's okay to express yourself. Like, whatever happened before isn't your current lifetime. I just think that's so interesting. Wow. You um, can go so into detail with this. It's insane. I, know. I don't want to take too much of your time, but is there anything, is there any other part of the, the chart that you would like to like talk about so that people can better understand it? And yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then if you want me to go over like the Mars ascendant line over here too. Is that the red one? Yeah. Huh. I just okay. um, mainly looked at the places you had mentioned, like um, Bali, which you have really good energy there too that I can tell you about really quick if you want. Whoa, this red line goes right through South Carolina, which is where I lived for three months with my first boyfriend ever, like the first love of my life. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. that's crazy. Yeah, so like I think even where you grew up, where you were born, like that still has the Mars ascendant line. And so that actually like can, it's a good line because you take on the qualities of Mars on an ascendant line, um, which makes you like more ambitious and more like direct and like you go after what you want. 
but it can like bring out the bad sides of Mars too, which is like more like aggression mm-hmm. and anger and just frustration. Like you don't, and it can just be, it has like a big energy to it. So it can be really good because you feel more like driven to go after things, but you also feel like not completely satisfied, like more aggressive in your energy, like not as grounded mm-hmm. necessarily. So Mars just- wow it's not as easy to be on. So it's like, it can work though, but you have to like be aware of like what exactly you want. Did you follow me when I was living in Philly by any chance? I don't think so, but I've heard you talk about it on the podcast, how it was just like... So it was horrible. And um, like at first I loved it. And then I realized that it was not good. And I thought that it was going to be good, but it didn't turn out to be. And it was a letdown for sure. And my roommates were like alcoholics and I didn't like the energy and there, I, I wasn't by water and it was a very it was probably the darkest time of my life to be honest that's when I I had like my deep dark depression um and for those who are listening I'm sure they if they followed me um they can remember this I was really obsessed with tarot readings I was watching them every day I was um that's when I made my journaling kind of course because I was just I locked myself in my room and taught yoga and that was it. Um, Philly has a very dark energy about it. Um, And the summer and the spring is a different world and a different reality compared to the fall and the winter. And I know that that can be anywhere that's cold, but um, I truly saw darkness there and I did not know how to, to live there and I had to get the fuck out of there. So that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense because Mars is like a very masculine planet, so it can have those really dark energies to it. And your Mars actually in your birth chart is related to that is in the twelfth house, which is the house of the hidden, and it's in Scorpio. So that's how it's playing out. So yours is really about doing really deep work in the hidden when you're on your Mars line. That's how you're expressing your aggression is like underneath the surface, and in like a really deep, dark, deep, dark Scorpio like way. So that really makes sense, the tarot readings and everything. And I totally get that in winter. It's like, I have seasonal depression. So I know how that is in the winter too. Like when it just, you can't like, it's something about the energy of the season, but also the place I'm sure in Philly, it's like just a completely different vibe. Mm-hmm. Too. So makes yeah. so much sense. The people, um, the people, I don't want to say all the people are dark, but I definitely had a really crazy, shitty experience there with drugs and partying and um, a masculine friend that really fucked my head up. So now I feel like I will probably never live there again. Or the only reason why I would probably go up there is to visit my grandmother or my dad and my sister and that's it but man (laughs) that's fucking crazy yeah because like you know like intuitively like what lines are going to be good for you Mm -hmm. and what lines are like not as good and I think I know we haven't gone over LA first sorry I feel like we got so distracted I'm like I want to get like teach you everything no I feel like we're just we're, we're just flowing and I feel like it all or it's you're explaining things really, really well and interesting. 
Yeah. Okay, good. Because I was like, I don't want to take too much of your time either. So I'm like, I feel like I keep getting distracted, but I'm enjoying (laughs) our conversation. Yeah, I am too. This is so fucking fun. I like, I live for this shit. Me too. It's my favorite. So Mercury and Chiron. So this is the lines that you have. I was telling you about the lines of latitude. Mm-hmm. So like at certain places in the map, I'll zoom out for a sec. Um, like see how the lines are crossing right here? Mm-hmm. You can feel those crossings also across the the line of latitude. So in LA, even though you don't have any lines there, you have two crossings and that's Mercury and Chiron. And so Mercury is on the ascendant and Chiron is coming in as the people you're meeting. And so you're, it's mm-hmm. actually a really good place because it's emerging your thinking and your intuition. And so your thoughts are like working together. Like they're being guided by like your divine inspiration. You're able to like really communicate expressively and like really effectively Whoa. whenever there's a crossing. And you'll meet people that like Chiron's like the wounded healer. So you'll meet people and be able to do healing work and like have those deep conversations, which is you said Chiron is the wounded healer. Yeah. Can you like can you talk about that just a little bit? Yeah. So like Chiron is the wounded healer in your chart. And so wherever that is, is like the parts of you that need healing or the parts that you've incarnated in that you're working on healing in this lifetime and also healing the collective. And so for you, your Chiron is in Pisces in the eighth house. And this is, again, similar lesson to the, the Mars in a way, because Pisces, Chiron in Pisces, Pisces is the healer already. Like it's a healing planet that wants to do, that really is very intuitive and very spiritual already. So it's like being magnified because yours is in Pisces and it's in the eighth house, which is ruled by Scorpio. So that's where the action takes place. And the eighth house is all about deep transformation, um, sex, spirituality. So it's like, that's what you've worked, been working on healing, healing your <laughs> intuition about all of the deep and dark things. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. So, so that crazy. explains why I'm doing all of this deep shadow work based around sex and toxic relationships and Oh my God, that makes so much fucking sense. That is so insane. Like, um, I've been celibate for 14 months and I feel very, very, like now that you're saying the whole Pisces thing, I feel very connected to what Pisces energy is within me because you're saying that that's the healer. That's the, isn't it isn't Pisces like the the most spiritual sign of the zodiac? Yeah. Yeah, no, it rules the 12th house and so Pisces is like that really spiritual intuitive. It's the one that can see the divine and see outside of the body. It gives you that spiritual power kind of. And so that's what you've been now that you've done those deep healing, you're having like the spiritual power. It it all correlates together kind of. And like it does take time to heal the aspect of your chart where Chiron is, it's like not an overnight thing, obviously. And so it's, a, it's like a pattern. And okay. So Jupiter conjunct Chiron in this house too. And Jupiter expands oh. that. And so it's making it more prominent. Like you have a stronger Chiron because Jupiter is magnifying it in your chart. Right. Because you said that Jupiter is the great expander. Yeah. Holy shit. Okay. That's crazy. <laughs> 
fuck that is insane you're like you're just rating me like this is this is crazy for, for whoever is listening right now and still listening you need to get a reading with her um because it makes sense it's it's like a bunch of puzzle pieces that you're that you're verbally putting together and I never looked at myself as a Piscean energy person. And now that I am doing that work to work on the Chiron, which I didn't even know is the the wounded healer thing. Um, and the fact that you said that it's connected to the dark Mars energy that, and, and sorry, Scorpio energy, um, that makes sense because now I feel so spiritually um, inclined to help people because before I wasn't, I wasn't supposed to be helping people because I was so long gone on toxic sex, toxic drugs, substance abuse, and all of that. And that was feeding the, the shadow part of me. And then when I started doing the shadow work is when I started to heal the sexual trauma and the sexual um, layers of like pain. So, Wow. Yeah. No, that really makes a lot of sense. There's also another aspect too that I, that's also kind of represents a similar thing and it's Pluto, which is like where transformation happens in your life. And so like Pluto is a really slow moving planet. So lots of people have it in Scorpio, which is just like an even greater sense of transformation and really understanding things. That's why like our generation is really understanding the deep parts and are willing to go beneath the surface versus like the older generation didn't have that ability because they were more like you liking like the flow of things. And you have this Pluto, like this transformative energy in your personal life in the 12th house, which is the house of spirituality and the hidden like things that lie beneath the surface again, but more like in your subconscious, like in your inner psych and in like the spiritual layers. So that's what Pisces is. And so that's like also another thing that you're supposed to be doing transformative work in that way. And transforming yourself in that way um which i think is really interesting honestly it is funny how you said the puzzle piece because it's crazy because every all of these symbols all mean a different things all of the way they're like aspected to each other all mean different things and it is your soul's reincarnation like you chose all of these things for like what you need in this lifetime so it's like everything is so in alignment with you because it is you like it's who you came to be I really like how you said that because it's like, oh my God, like when, when you get somebody reading you, you're like, oh my God, that's so me. Like, and you're so shocked, but it's like, yeah, like this is your soul contract. Like your soul came here and specifically designed this for your human experience. Um, oh my God, I don't want to take up too much of your time. How can everybody find you because everybody needs to get a reading from you it's it was very very validating and emotionally healing in a way because when you're like really stuck in a toxic cycle or you feel um everybody feels alone right now um everybody needs validation and clarity and sometimes that doesn't mean just like doing yoga or you know some people need like they need outside validation. They need someone helping them put the pe- the puzzle pieces together. And that's, I think that's what you do like so beautifully. So where can everybody find you and, and book a reading with you? Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It is like very value validating. I feel like just 
spiritually, emotionally, anyway, really. Um, they can find me on Instagram at nomad underscore astrology. And then my website is just nomadastrology.com. And yeah, I do like different types of reading, like soul purpose, if you want to dive more into numerology, the astrocartography. And then I also do business birth charts, if you know the birth time for your business, because your business has its own chart and its own lines, which shows you where like your business will be the most successful, which I think is so fun because it's literally so crazy how accurate the business charts match your business. When you look it up, you're like, what? Wow. It's, it's crazy. Like it's freaking insane. That's fucking interesting because I've always thought about that, about how I created the podcast and the, like right when my, when my Saturn return started, I started it from my kitchen table. I had just turned 20, uh, 28. Yeah. 28 or 29. Um, and I was like, I'm doing this. And it was, that was, it was such a weird time in my life. That's really cool. That's, that's really cool that you offer that. Um, do you have any last kind of astrological, um, advice during these like very turbulent times, like any, any, one bit of advice that you could give someone? Yeah. I mean, I feel like all of the themes right now with the retrogrades and everything happening this year is all about doing the inner work and really in doing the inner healing. That's just how I'm experiencing it being expressed. And all these traumatic events are happening around us, which can be distracting, but we need to focus on the work that we've been doing on the inner level because the planets are showing us are helping us to look back within and that's like how we're going to move through this and enter our like new world because it is like the age of Aquarius is coming when Aquarius Saturn moves into Aquarius and then Jupiter at the end of this year and so it's like we're coming out of the old traditional Capricorn ways and we're entering this new like innovative time so you need to like do the inner work so you're personally ready to enter the time hmm. wow that's amazing the way that you articulate like the the substance of what you do um is just very easy to digest and that i think that's of like a gift so you have many gifts but that's just one of them um wow thank you so much for for doing this and we'll have to uh connect again soon yeah no definitely i am happy to do it for you and if you have any other questions or know your business time, definitely reach out. Cause I'd just be really curious because it's the business ones blow my mind. Like I'm not even kidding. So. Yeah. I think that if I can like narrow down a date of when I think that I launched or actually, I mean, yeah, I can like see when the first, when the first episode was launched, but I was working on it like diligently before, before it was um, launched because I learned everything on my own and that took me like a few weeks or a couple weeks. So Wow. Yeah. yeah. This is good. I feel like people are, are going to have to like re-listen to this episode and like take notes because, and I'm going to have to do that too. Cause <laughs> there's so many different aspects of the birth chart that I didn't realize. And yeah. Thank you so much for yeah. doing this. Yeah, of course. Thank you. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning into that episode. I, my mind was blown um, at multiple times during that episode. So I hope you enjoyed it. 
share it with a friend or a family member who might be going through a rough time and maybe this could give them some clarity or validation about what's going on energetically and just having a deeper understanding of ourselves through astrology and through this roadmap you know of our soul so if you enjoyed listening to Alyssa, she has a lot of information that she shares on her Instagram, Nomad Astrology. Go check her out. And if you'd like to support the podcast in a free and easy way, you can rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or just share it with a friend, family member, whatever. If you need to connect with me, um, you can reach out on Instagram or email me. And I will leave you with the rest of this song by Dirty Art Club called What If.